0: Welcome to the Beyond High Performance Podcast, featuring content and conversations from me, Jason Jaggard, along with our elite coaches at Novus Global, their high-performing clients, and the faculty at the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching. On this podcast, you'll hear some of the world's best executive coaches and high-performing leaders, artists, and athletes discuss how they continue to go beyond high performance in their lives and businesses.
1: It doesn't take any more time to use a different word but the impact can be incredible as far as the world that then you are creating, whether it is a disempowered world for either yourself or your team.
2: Welcome to another episode of On Coaching. In this episode, I, David Gerber, speak with partners Amanda Jaggard and Janet Breitenbach about the power of language. In this episode, we dive into empowered versus disempowered language, how to use language to drive towards your vision, as well as the idea that the only way that you know what an actress is thinking or feeling is by what she says or does. We hope you enjoy the show. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the On Coaching show where we're talking about the power of language. My name is David Gerber, and I have with me Janet Breitenbach. Say hi, Janet. Hello. And I have Amanda Jaggard. Say hello, Amanda. Hello. And Amanda and Janet are both in Los Angeles. I happen to be in New York at the moment and cannot wait to talk about the power of language. And so, Janet, Amanda, when we talk about the concept of language, what do we mean by that when we are doing trainings with companies, when you're working with clients on their language? Is that their spoken word or is it a broader thing? Like, like where do you go with that when you're talking about language?
3: I think... It's so much more. So it's it's the verbal communication. It's your, we talk a lot about your way of being, which is like your attitude, your energy. It's your body language. It's your internal thoughts. Oftentimes I may not say something out loud, but I'm thinking it. And so those words, when we talk about language and how powerful it can be, at least for me especially, I had to learn there's a big learning curve for me to understand what I was thinking because I was so good at performing or deflecting or denying what I was thinking or feeling and just putting on a show. And so I had to really get connected to what's my internal language as well. What What's my thoughts, my mindset, my, my feelings and all of that.
2: I love that. Amanda, anything to add to that?
1: Yeah, it is the words that are coming out of my mouth, and listening to the words that are coming out of other people's mouth, and like really listening to um, our our word choice. Like our word choice uh, is intentional, and it reveals a lot if we slow down and just pay attention. And I love Janet what you were talking about as far as the inner conversation too. And we are, we're, we're moving very quickly oftentimes and slowing down and actually putting even language to what we're feeling. Like in, in parenting stuff, they'll talk about uh, name it to tame it. Like there's a, there is a piece of putting language to something that um, then makes it so that we can actually examine it and look at it. And so the power of language, I think, is really helpful in living an examined life, at least for me with the the inner conversation and the outer conversation.
3: Yeah. And I would add, even on this podcast right now, there's us talking at you. There's David talking to me, David talking to Amanda, us talking back. There's the conversation in my head about, am I saying things eloquently? Do people understand what I'm saying? There's people listening and there's uh, the conversation there happening. So there's just We talk a lot about how there are hundreds of conversations going on at any given moment. And uh, so that all is included under the language that has a lot of power.
2: I love that. And theres I know there's a lot of distinctions that we use in our coaching work when we do our trainings. And the great thing about distinctions is it allows your brain, your brain almost like instinctively understands distinctions a lot of times. So for example, day versus night, hot versus cold your brain very quickly gets it. And so there's, I know there's a primary way, one that I want to talk about that we use in our work, uh, which is empowered versus disempowered. So I want to talk about that. But there's also a few others that if you're listening, thinking about these of categories that we can use characteristically of, of, of getting to the root of our our language and what it's revealing about us, the way, again, the, the, the words that we choose, the body language, the tone, the the, the way we carry ourselves. And so there's empowered, disempowered. There's other ones like descriptive versus generative, as well as one of my other favorites is problematic versus opportunistic. And so we'll we'll talk a little bit about all three of those. We'll emphasize the empowered versus disempowered because it's probably the one that we use most in our world. So um, Janet, why don't you share first about how you've seen that language come up in your life, maybe the lives of your clients and trainings. Like what have you seen... It, when we do our trainings, what points around that like really hits home with people in terms of like them actually grasping the concept and then applying it in their life? And and what have you seen change in your life and the lives of your clients, etc?
3: Yeah, just to speak personally, I mean, we we often run exercises with our clients, their teams, and we give them an opportunity to, to see and feel what it feels like when you change your language and the different types of Of language. So of course, uh, as a trainer, I developed an example personally to my life that that honestly changed the way, because I put so much intentional and focused effort on it, it actually changed the way I thought. So for me, it was my dating life. So I, I got divorced at 31 and born and raised in Los Angeles. And from about 31 to 38, just was in that dating world. And was feeling, and just to use the word that you used, David, was feeling very disempowered around it. Feeling, and just just to give you an example of language, just a lot of shoulds, you know, like, oh, this should be easier. The other types of language that I think can be tricky and easy for people to miss is hyperbolic language. So everyone, always, never. um, And a lot of my language internally, even if I didn't say it out loud, was, all men in Los Angeles are intimidated by women or or this will never work out for me or if I'll never get married again or at least have a healthy marriage. And there was a lot of that going on in my head. And it took me a while to figure out how that was affecting how I showed up on dates. And naturally, it created a lot of cynicism. And there were a lot of moments where I think it, it limited my opportunities, whether or not some of those statements I said have some truth to it, I think is that's that's the biggest key distinction that I, I love helping clients figure out is like, hey, I don't care if it is true. Maybe, yeah, there are a lot of men you know, in Los Angeles in the dating world who maybe have that experience and how is it affecting your behavior? And I think that's the biggest thing. And so for me, uh, I created for an exercise for one of our trainings, a very empowered, like a minute, minute and a half long, empowered dating statement. And I took that into my own life. And then I've actually used a lot of those statements that I developed with some of my clients who also wanted some help with their dating lives. I think actually one of my favorite lines that came out of that intentional practice was, Picking words, so an empowered ownership language. Ownership is the other way to to define empowered language. Is uh, I choose to bring life and hope to every guy I meet, and not treat them as objects for my future happiness.
2: I want to have you. Can you say that one more time? And yeah. like, and and maybe sh- say the disempowered version of that phrase yep. as juxtaposed with the empowered. Because I really want sometimes, like, there's moments where like really we want the the listener to like. Maybe pause while they're on the Peloton listening to this or on a walk or they're maybe sitting in their car. Say that one more time and the, the, the difference between the two.
3: Yeah, yeah. So my disempowered dating thoughts and statements were all guys are intimidated by women that are smart and bald. What if I never get to have a healthy marriage? It shouldn't be this hard. I really should have a husband and 2.5 kids by now. I don't know what else to do. So that was a lot of my disempowered language. And then I flipped that to, uh, I get to date in one of the most exciting and diverse cities in the world. And I am way more equipped as a single person than I was 10 years ago. And I'm committed to becoming the best version of myself so I can be ready for a vibrant, mutually loving relationship. And my favorite line is, I choose to bring life and hope to every guy I meet and not treat them as objects for my future happiness.
2: I love that. And I want to, if I can, I hope I'm not cutting you off too much. No, go for it. There's so much gold there. And and because like, one of the things we talk about is in our work is we're introducing these new concepts and Amanda's really good at when she, she talks about this example of like try it on like it's a, like a new coat, right? Because, my guess is, you know, is like it wasn't like, oh, you started changing your language and like, bam, like Channing Tatum called and and nope. whatever, you know, and, and and now what's great is you're married to a much better looking person than Channing Tatum, obviously. <laughs> so we we talk, and then there's other phrase I want to throw in here of we talk about this thing of becoming whoever you need to become in order to accomplish whatever it is you're 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 committed to accomplishing, and then utilizing the uh, your language like you were just saying, the distinction between using your language to drive towards that vision, even in the midst of, because I'm guessing you started shifting your language from disempowered to empowered. I'm guessing you still had a a few crummy dates. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Right? And so how did you wrestle with that when you're like, okay, I've changed my language. I'm doing the right things. I'm trying on the new coat. Like, where's Channing Tatum? Like, what's the deal? Like, how did you wrestle through that? And like, and man, I'm going to come to you in a second because I want to. I want to hear about how you've done that in your life or with your clients because I know this applies very much in the corporate space as well. But Jen, how did you wrestle with that when it's like two dates, maybe three dates, maybe four dates with different people? That like the microwave option is not working. I'm it's supposed to be Bing, and I got got my thing. How did you wrestle with that?
3: Yeah, well, I mean, exactly what you said is is really important. It doesn't, it's, it's not like a, um, you know, a magic lantern that just gives <laughs> you exactly what you want. And yes, Channing Tatum was on that list for, <laughs> uh, for the desire. Um, and a lot of clients will at first say, well, you know, it doesn't feel authentic or it doesn't feel like me. And I'm like, Hey, just try it on. And it, it's, it's an, an event and a process. So you say the words, and slowly but surely, if you if you work on that intentionally, you're you're basically replacing the ha- the mental habits that you had previously, because without whether we realize it or not, we have mental habits. You know, neuroplasticity is is proving that more and more when you look at our brain, there are literally mental pathways, these little little uh, lines in our brain that are almost like habits. And so they are scripts that we run over and over and over and over again. And so by replacing it with the new narrative, the new story, the new language, slowly but surely, it creates new possibilities. And then I begin to see those possibilities. And it it quite literally happened when I did actually go on a few dates right around when I met Ryan, my now husband, is I remember this specifically that last statement because that one hit me really hard, which was, You know, I I choose to bring life and hope to every guy I meet. Instead of going in like, ugh, is this a waste of my time? You know, should I even go on this date? I mean, I can't tell you how many dates I canceled last minute because I was like, ugh, it's just going to be the same old thing. Uh, And I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have been open to who Ryan was and and what he was all about if I didn't go in with that mantra. And it, it wasn't right away, right? It was, I just left that little sliver Of possibility open that this could be someone that would be wonderful and I think pretty often I could have missed out (laughs) on this guy because he didn't like wow me you know immediately sorry Ryan I love you uh he (laughs) didn't he he didn't wow me immediately and it because I had some idea of it had to be this crazy you know immediate spark and connection but because it was like you know what I choose to bring life and hope to every guy I meet and not treat them as an object for my future happiness, which I see all the time, which is women going in the dates like, okay, is this guy for me? Like just this entitled thinking of like, is he going to make me happy? You know, which is like, what can I get? Which creates this way of being that is taking and not giving. And it's not, it's not life giving. And so that is what for me shifted over time. And even in the first few months of dating, I kept living in this empowered thinking and slowly but surely we were able to, you know, create and build love instead of see what we could get.
2: I love that. Um, and Janet uh, is one of the most wise people I've, I've talked to in the, in the recent months around the dating thing. She posts a lot of great stuff on Instagram. So if you're not following her yet. Follow her on Instagram. We'll put that in the show notes. So I love that, Janet. And the personal side of things is so powerful. And, and as we understand, Rick, romance is a huge part of our lives and like things we really care about. And also want to shift into like the corporate space. So, Amanda, I want, to, I want to throw it to you for this because I know you've had such great one of the things I love about watching you coach is like how much you advocate for your clients. And I get a little bit jealous about how excited your clients are about working with you for those of you who don't know I've been coached by Amanda and she's one of the one of the few coaches I'm actually afraid to be coached by because I feel like I'm not going to bring enough empowered energy to the to the game and I like that because I'm always like oh man am I going to be able to get through another session with her and uh, bring my A game and so I've loved how you've used the power of language like cuz again for me it's like it's pervasive with you like when I get on a coaching call your language the moment I show up on that call invites me to play at a bigger game and I've seen that with your clients so many times. And so I love to kind of like open up your brain and see what's going on in there. And, and I, that was a terrible phrase, but that's all that came to my mind. So like t- t- take us into that world with you and what have you seen in, in your work?
1: Yeah, well, I think even from a a coaching perspective, um, first, like, thanks for saying that. Um, I like when people are a little bit afraid around (laughs) me. Uh, I tell my kids, like, just a little bit of fear is just fine. But I think, like, that is a place watching my language. When we come in and work with companies, we talk about getting twice as much done in half as much time with increased satisfaction. And switching out one word for another, it doesn't take any more time to use a different word. But the impact can be incredible as far as the world that then you are creating, whether it is a disempowered world for either yourself or your team, or an empowered world for yourself for your team. So I think as a coach, really being so intentional about the words that, that I'm using. So it's like, what's the value that you want to create? Not what's the value that you want to get, but like using creator language. I think even like with my kids, as as a parent, intentionally using language. It's like the, you know what? What's your commitment? I have a request. Like we really pay attention to how we are. We're, we're speaking. So, so as a coach, I want to create that type of empowered culture for my client by being really intentional about the language and. I'll say a lot is like, I'm going to be a pain in the ass right now because we, we're just like talking. And so people, you know, talk. and when i'm I'm coaching, like I take notes and I'll write down specific words because I think as a coach, we have a prof- like professionally trained sets of ears. And with the institute, that's, I think a lot of what we're doing. We are giving people, this professionally trained set of ears to listen for how things are occurring for people and what state that they're in and what way of being that they're in. So like, as I'm coaching, I'm really listening to words that people are saying and getting curious about what kind of world that they are creating with that language.
3: What if one call could change what you once thought was impossible into a reality? Novus Global is offering you an exploration call with one of their world-class coaches to explore what you, as a leader and your team, are capable of. Novus Global is an elite executive coaching firm that works with multi-billion-dollar companies, professional athletes, nonprofit leaders, and faith in government, all to create teams, companies, and communities that go beyond high performance. Book your call right now. Just. Just go to novis.global forward slash now.
2: When you are working with a client, and maybe this is even like as a personal sort of think about myself, there's there's times where like disempowered language is so cozy. Right, like, and even when we do this exercise at, at at trainings, there's times where it's like, ooh, this feels good. I can like justify like laying on the couch instead of getting on the peloton or avoiding that conflict. Right, so like, there's this fun ju- juxtaposition or distinction between the two. Do you ever notice that with clients where they're like, I kind of want to hold on to like my like this is really serving me and I like it. How do you get somebody to transition?
1: Yeah, totally. I could think be cozy because it's just so comfortable. You know, it's just how, how we talk. Like I was an English teacher in my previous life. So I think that there was a lot of, you know, looking at poetry and language that people like writers are using and looking at that. So I think there is a way that I, that I think at really looking at how people are. So like, you think about like a word bank and you have like a sentence in the empty blank. It's like, what's the word that I want to put into that? So like one of my, it's like, is that situation hard? Or is that situation new? Like, that's another one, like distinction that I really like to play around with. Like, when you start talking with people about people are talking about, ah, this is just really hard. Another kind of language that I listen for is like violent language, but like maybe like what we wouldn't want kids to be doing on a playground. So we use words like push, force, you know, language, language like that. And it's like, like, imagine. So when you're, I'm talking about, like, they're really tied to that. Like, no, I'm being forced to do this by the company, the supervisor no, I'm going to need to push them to do this. I'm going to need to hold them to that. That kind of language is like, hey, can we just pay attention? And so I, actually, I, sometimes I do use humor. So I was like, imagine a kid on a playground. Would we want them to do it? Like, no. Like, oh, that is occurring as some sort of either violent. Like somebody is doing something to me great, is that actually the most powerful place that you want to Like, no problem. You can totally have the situation um, occur to you that way and live into that story, or you can create a new one if you want to. So I do think it's it's just inviting people into that place of curiosity of, okay, how is this story, like, play this out. If I'm seeing this as a situation where I'm getting pushed or forced, or this is hard, is this going to help me get what I want? Probably, we don't have to put any judgment on it, but probably not. So it's it's like, huh, I wonder what else, like what is another way that you could look at it? What are some other words? And I do... uh, David, you mentioned it is like a like a closet full of clothes, um, and there's different perceptions. Like, oh, let's put this on and wear this around for a little bit. And how do I see the situation playing out with that perspective?
3: Well, and Amanda, I, I see that happen a lot with clients who use that as an excuse to not give feedback or to not follow through on sales. It's like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to force this on them, or I don't want to bother them. And then there's a lot of language that we use to describe something that gives us an out to a hard conversation.
1: Totally. Or like another, um, like, like uh, putting out fires. There's just so many fires everywhere. So many fires. And it's like, that's that's interesting like I, mean, I love firefighters. I'm so grateful for their work and what they do in the world. And if it's like, "Huh, that's interesting." Okay, so now I'm like rescuing or like is it is that putting out fire that perspective is like all of these things that are just like popping up and um I'm completely like not in an empowered place as to how I orient my time. And so it's like, "Oh, I'm constantly putting out fires." Like, "Huh, what would be maybe a more it's like, "Oh, I am a master of my time. I am not at the mercy of all of these other things that are happening. What does it look like? Oh, I'm a master of my time. It's like, put that on a post-it note. Like, what do you need to do to put that language up so that you're seeing it, so that you're saying it, all of that to really anchor into that new perception instead of I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off, putting out all these fires.
3: Yeah. Well, and I think, I mean, we've alluded to this, but it's important to say the difference between the reason why I like the word disempowered versus empowered is it just shifts where the power is. And so when people think, well, that's not true or this or that, or what if, What if it is, you know, putting out fires? It's like, well, all language gets to do is to give the power back to you. (laughs) And as humans, oftentimes, if we're not aware of it, we're looking to put the power somewhere else so that we don't have responsibility. But then it's the gift that we get to give to ourselves and to each other to say, well, actually, what if I do have the power? That's really good news, (laughs) even though at first it may not feel like good news, to some people if it's a new thing to try on, but it is good news. It means that now the power is back in your hands and not to some invisible authority figure telling you what you should or shouldn't do or have to do.
4: Hi, my name is Johan Martinez-Klilion and I'm a proud graduate of the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching. Before getting into coaching, I was already a successful motivational speaker and author, but then I wondered, what would it look like to add another layer to my work? What if I added executive coaching to my tool belt? I chose the Meta Performance Institute program because I had a vision for increasing my impact in the world and adding another income stream to my business. Becoming a novice global coach was the perfect complement to my work. I was able to create nine clients in my first three months of coaching and scaled my business into a six figure practice in 18 months. If you're looking to become a coach or set up your coaching practice to the next level, I highly recommend the certification from the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching. To fill out a free assessment on your abilities as a coach and connect with someone who can help you find out if the Meta Performance Institute is for you, check out www.mp. That institute slash now.
1: Yeah, another big one for me shift is uh, the like saying I need to I think that that's one like I need to do this. I need to take care of my kids. I need to get this email. I need for you to do this for me. Shifting that like to actually just making a request for what I want has been huge for me and stepping into even ownership of my own uh, desires. And it is like, I don't need for you to do that for me. I'm not going to die if you don't, but I do have a request and would you be willing and would you be willing to commit? And it was just totally different than saying, hey, I need for you to get that to me in order for me to to do this, like come and, come and save me uh, in some way. Even that, like, and it it's so, again, it's so subtle, it doesn't take any more time. But for me, it reminds myself oh, I am empowered to make a powerful request. I'm empowered to make any request. I can get clear on actually what it is that I want. And I don't need to play like I need somebody's help for something. And it just it like tells me and even in my inner conversation that I am a powerful person to ask for what I want. And that that carries over into all areas of my life just by shifting one simple word.
2: Yeah. I love that. And and I think that kind of leads into or even drives home some ways the point of there's another distinction I, I mentioned earlier of descriptive versus generative. Because if you're like me, sometimes making that shift is challenging, right? So if I notice disempowered language and a friend or a coach will say, what would it look like to flip that into empowered? Part of me is like, "Nah, I don't know if I want to do that yet, but I'm willing to try the code on, right? And, and, it, and then it reminds me of how this thing I heard on a podcast one time where they said if you smile, like even if you're like not happy or whatever it is, if you smile, it actually tells your brain that you're happy, which is profoundly mind-blowing to me because how in the heck, you know, can you do that? Or, or, or I don't know if you've ever done this, Janet or Amanda, but there's um, an exercise where you force yourself to laugh for a minute. And you can do it by watching something funny, or you can just literally, with no external stimulus, you can literally just ha, 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 ha for a minute and force yourself to laugh. And it tells your brain that you're, you're happy, that you're laughing. And then it kind of brings up this idea, well, is that authentic? And it's like, I don't know, right? What is authentic? What are you committed to? What, are, what state are you committed to? And so like, it, it's a good toggle, I think, between that descriptive versus generative language. And how do we play with those? And then really paying attention to, like, what's the outcome of that? So when it comes to descriptive versus generative, it's part of it's noticing, like, what am I experiencing right now? Be kind of being the descriptive thing, and then shifting into what would be generative, right? So one of the things talked about in our work is that we we have this philosophy that your language is a creative act. So when I speak something, it starts to actually create the future. And so... And again, with, with language being all encompassing, I, I want to I pivot the conversation a bit to one of my, my favorite concepts as of late. So for those of you that don't know, like within Novus Global, what's fun is we're always doing peer coaching. So we have peer coaching for three months at a time. And I happen to be getting coached by Chris North right now, who's one of my favorite people. And he almost always has these questions or just brief concepts that, that are paradigm shifting for me. And so we were talking the other day, I was going through a, a rough patch in my life and he he said this phrase and I was like, at first I was like, that's not true. But then I was like, okay, let me think about this. So the phrase he said was, he said, um, Chris is also in in filmmaking and production. He does like everything. I don't think there, there's something Chris North can't do because he's in filmmaking. He had this concept. He said, the only way that you know what an actor is thinking or feeling is by what they say or do. The only way you know what an actor is thinking or feeling is by what they say or do. And I was like, no, that's not true. I could tell what an actor is feeling. And he's like, how? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, their facial expressions. He goes, Oh, that's something they do. And I was like, You're right. And I don't like it. And it was kind of funny because I my my brain was kind of melting because when I was going through this rough patch, for some reason there was this magnetism towards kind of self-loathing. And and like this, like, I'm down on my luck a little bit, things aren't falling my way, you know, blah, blah, blah. And there can be this like tendency to go towards disempowered and like purely descriptive language without getting generative and thinking, what kind of experience do I want to have of my life right now? Right. And so for me, it was clear like I wanted a loving experience, a joyful experience, a proactive experience, empowered, like excitement about the future, which I wasn't having and so then he invited me to almost, he actually, he invited me specifically to write out two different stories. He said, you can write out the story of a guy who like, like let's play the like both distinctions. One distinction was kind of like Janet's like dating's horrible in LA and it sucks. And, you know, and for Amanda, like with corporate clients, it's like.
1: Yeah, Gerber, I was just gonna like the, the descriptive part, like it it, it is, it's like describing what we're seeing as like actually true or like it's not actually true, but it is occurring to us like it is capital T true. And so it's like we are describing reality. And so I make up that that story is almost like the really honest story, like, like, you know, like honest goes in quotes, but like the right, like the describing honest story of your situation, which you could probably give all sorts of evidence like, I just want to, I think for the people who are listening, like that story might feel really real and really honest and really true, but it, it is, it's just, it's describing descriptive language and oftentimes from a distant, just one perspective. Anyway, that's what, yeah, you're describing what you might feel it, or think that it is actually true.
2: Yeah. And, and so like, it, it's like that pull towards that kind of disempowered thing. And then, so like, again, if you're imagining an actor on on screen, like think about how the director or the screenwriter is utilizing what that actor is doing and saying to show you what they're thinking and feeling. And then what's fun is you can, like you could, as a director, you could totally shift that, which for me, again, when when you're in those, like those places where the authentic feeling is like, I feel like things aren't falling my way or life's not going my way or that date didn't go well or that deal fell through. There could be this like, again, maybe a pull towards like self-loathing or down on my luck or, you know, whatever, want, want kind of thing. And then how do we shift that? And, and again, through smiling, through laughing, right? Or some examples of the coats you can try on. And then go ahead. Yeah. What are you thinking?
3: The, there's two questions you mentioned, David, that are really important, which is what am I committed to or what experience do I want to create for myself? Which for those who are listening, who are thinking, well, You know, what if I don't want to smile or what if I want to feel down? And that's really important because I think a lot of people often uh, hear this conversation for the first time. And and if you've had an experience where you haven't been connected to your emotions or you thought your emotions are bad or your feelings are bad. This is not like a you should, ironically, disempowered language, you should be feeling happy or you should be empowered. It's just a question of, hey, do I want this or not? And oftentimes when we're talking to someone, hey, I don't want to feel this anymore. (laughs) Either it's been happening for a while. I don't like this experience. And sometimes I am committed to being sad. And there are other times where I'm sad and I'm not, I don't want that. And so that's the real question is what experience do you want to create and understanding that you actually have the power to create something different?
1: Yeah, I think because there are like as as I've walked through some pretty significant times of grief, having language around that experience and really allowing myself to sit in that space, those spaces. But there's a difference between thinking or like saying and owning it's always going to feel this way or I see no way out as opposed to really speaking. I think honestly about, yeah, like even I think um, the the self compassion piece of yes this was very this was like this was hard or this was unfortunate or you know like the this that loss like that was a significant loss and actually giving words to that but then allowing myself to own the story is like and uh, i'm committed to moving forward and i'm committed to being kind to myself today or i um, I'm committed to doing the, the next the next right thing to to move myself myself forward. That language can be powerful for the motivation, or just even just the self compassion piece. Garoa is gonna say the language conversation and coaching. I think mean, one of the mo- more fun places was I, I was coaching uh, an Emmy Award winning uh, writer for for TV, and it's like you get language and you get writing and developing story, and so. Um, She would speak and was like, hey, can we just slow down for a second and listen to the words that you just said and like to look at it from even a writer perspective? What kind of story is that going to create? Like write, write that one out. If that's the line, if that's the line, write out this next act. And what does that look like? And is that the act that you actually want to write for yourself? And like, you get to be your own writer in your own writer's room and you get to write that scene. What's the scene that you want to write? And so it's really fun and just like, because she like really got it of, oh, I can change Even the character by using this different word of then how who they are and how they're going to show up and like, oh, if I do that for a character who I'm writing in a show, I can do that for myself too. I have that same power as the author of my life. Which is really fun to to watch in real time and to see her mind get it so wonderfully because that's what she did for a living.
2: I love that. So I know we just have a couple minutes left. I have a couple of thoughts I'd love to share just about a particular client I was working with, and then get maybe Jana and Amanda's final thoughts as well on this concept. But there was uh, a client I was working with, and we had a call one particular week, and she got on the call and she said, "There's some. There's a question you asked me last week that totally wrecked my whole week, like in a good way." And I didn't even, I had no clue what she was talking about. And, and part of it is like you, you, when you, when you're in this world, maybe there's things that, that we think about, which it's fun when something I say says to a client, like really messes with their world in a good way. And because then when she says it back to me, I'm like, wow, maybe I haven't, I want to figure out how to apply that more in my own life. Right. And it's kind of one of these fun things where you're always learning. And the question that I had asked her was, what if it was easy because she was talking about this thing that was going on and these people in her world that were so difficult, so frustrating. And I said, well, what if it was easy? Now, again, if you're listening, you might be like, geez, it's not, you can't just flip something from hard or challenging to easy. And it's like, that's not the point. The point is, what if it was easy? Let's just play in that world for a second. And for this particular executive, she was just like, she started seeing everything of like, man, she and she. what she noticed was she looks at everything, especially things that are challenging or whatever you want to call it, and then calls them difficult or hard and then lives into that narrative and makes things more difficult and then the other thing we did with that which was really really fun was a different call she had come on and was like going through some stuff and she went through a thing and i let her go for like seven eight minutes i just because i wanted her to feel the emotion of it all so i let her go for seven or eight minutes and i said hey would you be up for playing a game and she said yes and i said i'm going to ask you about that same scenario and then i want my 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 again, I just want to play an exercise out, try this code on. I'm going to ask you about the same scenario and I want you, but you have to start your response with, David, if I told you, you wouldn't believe me. And then I want you to pretend that the exact same scenario was the most awesome thing of your week. And she like, started laughing and she's like, I hate you. <laughs> but then she went through it and then we talked about the difference between the two. And she was like, she's like, I cannot believe how much better I feel She's like, I hate it because I love my old story. But then I have this new story. And now like that feels better and my brain's more creative. And she's like, man, I like, oh, this is driving me crazy because the old story felt great. The disempowered story, the frustrating story. And again, we've all, you know, we've all lived this ourselves and we've seen it with clients. So our invitation, um, and I'm gonna ask Janet and Amanda for their final words, but our invitation is from this is just like Amanda said earlier, it's like, try it on like it's a new coat. And if you go in the store, try on five new coats, try on five new words for a week or try to, you know, I've had clients where I've said, hey, just imagine for the next seven days, you cannot use the word busy or you cannot use the word hard. You can use other words. Let's just play with them and see what happens and see what creates a better life for you, better results, better relationships or whatever. So that's what we're hoping you walk away with. Janet, Amanda, any final thoughts?
3: Yeah, my biggest thing is exactly what you just said, trying it on. It, this is this is not certain words are bad. other words are good. It's uh, Amanda talks a lot about this is it's what's going to be most resourceful for you, which is the better question in my opinion. What language, what story, what narrative is going to be more resourceful for where you want to go? Uh, and if where you want to go, the story that you're creating for yourself is not working, then the invitation is to just try trying on you narrative and then throw it away. <laughs> I do it in our uh, uh, my calls with my clients all the time. I say, look, when you leave this call, you can take that story back <laughs> and you can hang out with it and be all cozy with it. And I'm asking just for this time, because you're committed to this vision, to try on a new story that might be more resourceful, that's going to create new feelings, new behaviors, new actions. That's the biggest thing. And and hopefully if you, you have someone in your life Uh, whether it's a coach, a mentor, a therapist, someone who will be willing to reflect back to you the language that you're using.
1: Yeah, I think the the big one that comes up for me is that this is a, a summitless peak that we never fully arrive in in some way, because I think even talking about this, there is almost this feeling like my kids told me, like, don't write a parenting book because like, you're great, but you're not that great type thing. And I was like, thanks. And it's like, you know, there is I, like almost this voice <laughs> is like, who are you to talk about language? Because this is still like, I'm, I feel like I'm still so working on it so much and so many different areas of my life. It's the the thing that keeps coming up again and again and again, And it is, like I never, don't know what the kind of language I'm using even now, but like, um, like there, there's this place of, uh, it is a continual work and it is, is a continual discipline to really be conscious of the words that I'm using and mindful of the world that that is creating in my life for myself and for others. And so this conversation is even helpful for me as I'm thinking, oh, how am I talking about this situation? And how am I thinking about this Today, like as we get off this podcast, what is the language that I'm that I'm using? So I think mean, just to acknowledge, this is a summitless peak. We never arrive. We are always working on it. That's why us coaches have coaches, people on the other side who are listening, because it, it is it's a it's a discipline, um, not like a, a goal that we accomplish.
2: I love it. Awesome. Well, so we hope our hope for you is that uh, that you would really become aware of your language and where it's taking you. And we hope that this has been a gift to you. And uh, so for Amanda and Janet and myself, David, uh, thanks for listening. We'll catch you on the next episode.
0: All right. We have a few more things to let you know about before you go. First, podcast reviews really help us serve more people. So if this podcast is helpful for you, we'd love your help to get it into the hands of as many leaders as possible. Please leave us a review, even if it's not five stars. And if you really want to go the extra mile, let us know what you'd like to hear about more of or what you think we could do better to serve you and the people that you care about. We drop new episodes every week. So subscribe and watch us continue to learn to create resources that serve you powerfully. Speaking of resources, we have a lot online, and they're all free. We have free assessments, educational videos, articles from sources like Fast Company written by our coaches and clients, all designed to help you use our tools in your everyday life and leadership. To dive into the free treasure trove of goodies we have for you, go to novus.global and then click on resources. Some of you have been listening for a while and you haven't yet taken that next step to hire a coach. This is your time. I can't tell you how often I've heard from hundreds of clients around the world that they wish they would have talked to us sooner. If you have a sense that you're capable of more, we would be thrilled to explore what coaching could do for you and those you influence. To start that journey, simply email us at begin at novus.global or click the link in the show notes. You also might be listening to this and maybe you want to be a coach or maybe you already are a coach and you want to build a six or seven figure practice coaching people you love in a way that brings life to you and your clients. Well, that's why we created the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching. It is an in-depth coaching apprenticeship designed to help you create the coaching practice of your dreams. The first step in exploring that is simple. Just go to www.mp.institute. That's www.mp, as in institute, And we have free assessments to help you see what kind of training you'd need to create a meta-performing coaching practice the way our coaches do at Novus Global. Head on over today. And finally, and for some of you, this will be the most important part, This podcast was produced by Rainbow Creative with Matthew Jones, as senior producer, and Jeremy Davidson as editor and audio engineer. We love working with these guys. To find out more about how to create a podcast for you and your business, check them out at rainbowcreative.co. Thank you so much for listening. We love making these for you. And remember, dare to go beyond high performance.